issue. And it's the same with salt. A little pinch is not what our problem is. It's when we overindulge. That's when we have an issue. It is like this with so many things in our lives. We are trying to find a substitute using something fake instead of satisfying what we really want. How about with each other? Are we trying to find a substitute? Are we getting real? Do we mask ourselves when we're in here and take it off when we get out the door? Are we the same here that we are in all places? Are we authentic? In other words, are we not fake? Are we trying to substitute what we really want and what we really need? Now, I got to tell you, I absolutely love being a student director. You see, it is so cool when these guys, when they realize, I'm just, I am what I am, right? I don't have time for fake. What you see is what you get. (laughs) And so often in this world, people put on such a facade. They put on such a fake I often tell our teens that this is a safe place for them, where we can be ourselves. And it's amazing how often we don't always see eye to eye, but we're still our group. I hear how hard it is for our teens to be what I call a Jesus freak. But these guys are bold. They are stepping up, are we? Some of them realize nothing they can say will surprise me. And when I say it, I mean it. Because who they are becoming matters more. They need a safe place. They need to know that they are loved. They need to know that they can share. They need to know that they can question. And they can talk about hurts and they can talk about confusion. How about all of you adults? I bet you'd like a place like that too. It's called authentic community. And are we ready to do just that? I'd like to ask you to look in Acts 2, chapter 42, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. 
They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had a need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. You know, breaking bread together, I'm talking about enjoying that fellowship of having a meal sitting down together. That's what they were doing. They were sitting down, having a meal together. And I got to tell you something. I take that very serious. If we sit down together and have a meal together, I feel that that is sacred. We are coming together in fellowship. We are coming together to be authentic taking all that is us, coming together to be opened, to be honest, to allow each other to be heard over conversations of that table and helping us to see truth so we can move forward together. So what's the point? What's the point of authentic? Well, authentic means genuine. Genuine means truly what something is said to be. So let me put it very blunt, and the students can tell you I'm pretty blunt. It's not being fake. It's being real. Any of you involved in book clubs? Maybe an internet forum? How about fantasy football leagues? Maybe a committee, a club, or a group? How about this church? You see, these places exist because people have a shared common interest in something. And they come together to share it. So how can we be authentic? How can we come together and be an authentic community? Well, the first thing you got to do, you got to show up and keep showing up. And when you don't feel like it, you show up again. You see, coming here on Sunday for service, it's a big deal. I love being here. We could have Sunday service every day. I would be here. Because it's an amazing experience that we get to have. It is fellowship. It is being together. It is good. I mean, you get to hear this pretty awesome praise band, guys. They are phenomenal. And you get to hear preaching from, I mean, the most amazing pastors, right? Now, I know one of them does not need me to give him a big head. But come on, they're pretty good, right? We have it good in this building. And, well, that's all amazing, right? It's pretty amazing what we get to see. But how do we have more? How about not only showing up for service, but guess what? We have small groups. Some of you may not know that. But we have all kinds of small groups. They're even online. You can preview them before you show up and know what they're going to be talking about. It's amazing. We give you the answers before you have to be there. And you can be with people with the same interests that you have. Life experiences. And do life together. You know the thing I love about our Sunday school classes here? is that they're multi-generational. That means all the young folks can learn from the more wiser folks. You like how I said that? Wiser, yeah. So you can learn from each other. But guess what, young folks? Those wiser folks still have some things you can teach them too. And we have the opportunity to do life together. To have community, it requires you making time and showing up. The number one reason people give for not being in a small group is the exact same reason that they give for not exercising. What do you think it is? 
don't have time. Thank you, Scarlett. Do not have time. They don't have time. So when someone does determine this is important and they make time for it, sometimes they have expectations that then get in their way because they expect to get something out of it every single time. The first time you went to exercise, if you've ever exercised in your life, did you get anything out of it? Or when you walked out of that place, you thought you were going to meet Jesus because you could barely move. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah. Yes, exactly. But you feel like you're going to. So here's the thing. In order to get something out of it, you got to keep going. You've got to keep showing up. Sometimes when you exercise, you hit a plateau and nothing's going anywhere. You got to keep showing up and you got to push a little harder to make it happen. Guys, here it's the same thing. Keep on keeping on. But that's just the beginning. Authentic community is also doing something that many of us in this room do not like to do, and it is very painful. Allowing ourselves to be known. Knowing we are wanted and we are needed. You see, being open with people is not something that comes easy. So often I hear from students, if you really knew me, you wouldn't want me in your group. I hear that from adults too. You see, being open with people, it comes hard. But what if we took the same attitude that Jesus did? You see, he hung out with outcasts. Because he was creating a model for us of how we to build the church. One lost sheep at a time. He didn't operate within the parameters that were dictated to him. You know, I'm all for one for rules. But my students can tell you sometimes we uh, bend them a little. And, you know, sometimes that's just what happens. But Jesus, boy, he bended them. He did not stick to the status quo. Jesus did not stick to what everyone else told him he was to do. He sought out the crippled, the diseased-ridden, anyone in society that society said was unworthy, morally wrong, were lost. That's who he went to. He sought them out. He reached out to them and brought them in. And you know what? In all of their pain and all of their loneliness, they were willing to admit it that they needed it. I mean, he had dinner with people. No one else wanted to be around. Remember that tax collector? He brought men to walk beside him in ministry that had no experience They were fishermen, and he made them fishers of men. I mean, he really picked some of the lowest people in society to hang out with. And he wanted them to be a part, and he needed them to be a part. More than that, he needed them to come alongside and walk with him. You see, so often with Jesus, we picture him coming alongside of us. And him walking through life with us. But what if we took on that mentality? What if we decided we were going to be like Jesus and be who we say we are and walk the walk, not just talk it. And we were going to walk beside Jesus and learn from him even more. Being wanted is one thing. I mean, let's be honest. We need people in next gen. Can you imagine what that building would look like if we had no help? It'd be on fire. We might be losing some children. 
But we need people to love on our kids. We need people to love on our students. However, do you really understand, yes, you're wanted as well? We need people to serve when we have outreaches. But we want you here. I really want you to see this. Because, see, on staff, we can't do this on our own. We can't reach out to this community. We can't reach out to Next Gen. We can't reach out to all of you on our own. We need you to walk beside us. We want you to live into your gifts. We want you to develop confidence in leading, teaching, and helping others. We want you to see how much you each have to offer and how much you have to give. We want to empower you. And so often that's what's missing. Guys, we want to give it to you. We want to empower you to live into your calling that we are living into ours. You all have a calling from God. And we want you to feel empowered, loved, understood. And we want you to live in to your passion. Each of you here have a story. You have something that you've either lived through or something that you're going through. And when you allow others to know, guess what's going to happen? That I'm lonely, no one wants me around, you are going to realize real fast you are in good company here. Because we all have something. We all have a story. And don't ever allow what happened to you ever hold you back. Don't let yourself get stuck. I tell students all the time, guys, crud's going to come. You're either going into a storm in the middle of a storm, or going out, or getting ready to go into another one. That's just the way it works. That is just the way it is. But don't allow yourself to get stuck. You see, God can help you become victorious in your situation. You see, in my life, that's exactly what he did. God has brought me through a lot. When I tell these guys there's nothing they can say that shocks me, you better believe it's true. Some of you shaking your head because you know there's nothing you can say that will shock me. But when you allow others to know you, you become victorious. You're not a victim. See, that's what God did for me. He brought me through crud so I can stand in front of you and I am foolproof. Regardless of the crud, you don't have to be a victim. He will make you victorious. I am so thankful for those who love me despite myself. You know, I can be a lot sometimes. I don't need no comments, students. <laughs> I don't need no comments, Pastor. <laughs> but you know what? I often say, and I'm going to tell you. Yeah, you got me, right? All this stuff in me. Y'all, God made this. He knew what he was going to have to deal with. He made you. He knew what he was going to have to deal with. And he's a big boy. He can handle all that is me. He can handle all that is you. And how freeing is that when you look at God that way? Because, you know, see here in this place, this is what I want you to find. Because in this place, I'm loved. In this place, I'm needed. In this place, I'm wanted. So are each of you. Needed and wanted. When this becomes a safe place, living with nothing hidden, daring to be open, daring to be vulnerable, we will love even more. No more living, allowing evil 
to get in our heads. No more living, allowing it to sneak up and make us doubt ourselves. We stand victorious because of who went before us. And that was Jesus, guys. He went before us. He is with us. We are walking beside him. He is walking beside us. As we become authentic, we need to run to the train wreck. What's a train wreck? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Exactly. You know what? She's right. It's on my list. Sometimes a train wreck is a thing so often unlike that that we want to hide. Maybe we're embarrassed about it. Maybe it's some suffering that we're going through. Maybe addiction. How about marital stress? A health crisis? A teenager who makes a bad decision? How about an adult that made a bad decision and keeps making the same mistake over and over? Mm-hmm. How about a family dynamic that just slap blew up? Or the parent who says, not my child, but then they're, mm-hmm, they're walking through it, right? You see... There are people here that will walk alongside of you. I'm proof of that. Because my family has blown up sometimes. I have hurts. I have struggles. And those things that want to bring us down, I pray that we be risen up. No victim. Victorious. And run to those train wrecks. Let us be that church. I love it when our pastor says, we're going to be that church. We're going to be known by that. And sometimes he, it's not always a good thing, but that's okay. But (laughs) sometimes it's the way we're acting crazy, but it's okay. We're going to be that church because we want people here to know that when a train wreck happens, we will walk with you because we're going to run to you. Small groups and community groups are groups that just meet together until the first train wreck in someone's life happens. It's going to happen. It's probably already happened in some of your groups. Then they come together and they experience something amazing. Real community. When we have a train wreck, I want you to imagine for just a moment. If we would stop managing our image. I'm going to get real with you. That's the first thing I think of. So, Lord, what is everybody at church going to think? You know, we all think that. But what if we stopped managing our image? Stopped worrying what other people would say. And everyone got real. When the train wreck comes, run to it. We do not avoid it or throw just goodwill. I'll pray for you. Good luck with that. We don't want to be that church. We want to be the church that walks alongside of that wreck. We don't avoid it. We are here for each other, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And let me tell you, as a student director, guys, we got some good, the bad, and the ugly, don't we? And we walk in together with it. Let them be your example. We never give up on each other. It means to be a community where we are here for each other and our love and our care. You know, God has this agape love for us, which nothing we can do will take that love away. Follow that example with each other. How would it look if when we make a mistake, we love each other more? How would it look as this community that we never give up because we know who Christ is in each of us? Serve others and remember to serve each other. 
It makes us a community of authenticness. All right, this is one of my made-up words. Authenticness. I like to make up words. But you know what? This word just makes sense. Authenticness is where we experience life together. We grow in our ability to serve each other. At times, our sole purpose is going to be, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And it's not going to be about us. In this world, it is all about me. Me, 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 me. What can I get out of it? But we must reach out to each other. We must reach in before we can reach out. How good are we going to be if we are not practicing what we speak before we reach out? Are we reaching out in this community to each other? Are we loving each other with that agape love that God is exampled for us? Are we walking alongside of each other? We must reach in before we reach out. I want to read Hebrews 10 verses 22 through 25 for you. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all more as you see the days approaching. Full of assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled, cleansing us from guilt. This community, that's what we are. That's who we are. That's who God called us to be. And coming together in fellowship, that's why it's so important. Coming together in small groups, coming together in groups, that's why this is so important. Also, let us consider how we may spur with one another toward love and good deeds. Hmm. Find someone you can spur with. I have a few. I have some amazing people in my life that I trust, and they will put me in check faster than I can take a breath, and I need that sometimes. Let me tell you somebody I spur with that I really enjoy spurring with. He's sitting on the front row, and he's our pastor. You see, I do. He challenges me. He pushes me to see God's in new ways. Find someone that does that for you. Me and him can go toe-to-toe, too. Mm-hmm. Kristen just went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can go toe to toe. And you know what? We may not always agree. But I've learned so much. You know why? Because it's real. It's authentic. And he can put me in check too. Seriously though, let's find someone and push each other. Let's be here for each other. Let's go toe to toe for each other and with each other. So we can love more. And we can do more good deeds together. You see, that gets real. And that's doing life together. How we become authentic, genuine, and real. I want you to hear this. Because that Bible, guys, that little instruction book, I keep telling you, it's got a lot of good stuff in it. That little instruction book, that Bible. You see, in Romans, 
It says the church is the body of Christ. Luke 17, he is, the, he is in the midst of his people. Matthew 18, 20, where two or more are gathered in his name, he is with us. Guys, the Bible laid it out for us. We believe together. We grow together. We disagree sometimes. And we endure together. If we truly believe that this community is a vital part of worship and following Jesus, we will rearrange our lives to make it happen. And we will rearrange our lives to experience it. We will keep showing up. We will make it happen. And we will not give up until we are victorious. My prayer today is to let us and all who walk on this campus know that we are a place where wisdom emerges from conversation. We are a place where we live out our passions and our callings and we are empowered to do it. A place where we throw off limitations. We throw them to the side. We do not form to the status quo. And we all pitch in, and we all contribute, and we bring those amazing, unique talents that you have. We are a place where we wrestle with the unknown. And we embrace the amazing mysteries of faith. A place where Christ is our focus. Because we recognize that God is doing something unique here. And amazing through us if we would just trust it. Would you pray with me? God, what an amazing, amazing God you are. It is amazing to me to look out into this congregation and see the generations and see how many different walks of life are represented. Do we really understand what we have? Do we really understand the love that we have to give? Do we really understand that you've given us all the tools that we have to do exactly what you've called us to do? Be with us today, God. Let us see you. Let us leave here on fire. We talked about fire at our student retreat, God, and you brought some fire to us. Let it get caught here too. In your name I pray, amen.